Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the November 19th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This episode 198 of the series. Tomorrow we'll be at 200. Got one more left for this year. That'll bring it to 199. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight. Mike Under Racing, previewing upcoming action, discussing whatever other topics from the conversation. As a result of the new travel restrictions and quarantine requirements surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic in place by California and surrounding states, the Trans Am doubleheader finale scheduled for December 4th through the 6th at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca has been canceled for the 2020 season. The Trans Am Series event for the Pirelli is completed to return to Laguna Seca with its first vintage racing season in May of 2021. The new national finale will now take place this weekend at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta in a doubleheader shootout. The Trans Am West Coast Championship will end based on the final results from the last round at Circuit of the Americas. Official class champions will be announced at a later date. We were really looking forward to ending our season at Laguna this year. It's always a driver and fan favorite, said Trans Am Race Company President John oh gosh, Clagnick. We've worked diligently to address all health and safety requirements, but California's new travel restrictions and quarantine requirements made it no longer feasible to hold the event, but that's just how this year has gone. We look forward to finishing the 2020 season in Atlanta and returning to Laguna Seca in the spring. The Tech Raceway Laguna Seca has demonstrated extremely effective health and safety protocols to allow track rentals and races to continue. But unfortunately, due to the state of California's mandates, new voluntary quarantine measures, and guidance on how even families can celebrate Thanksgiving, there's too much uncertainty of whether future mandates may be in place in December that would limit or prevent the race from happening. Our whole team is disappointed by the cancellation of the Trans-American Speed Fest, Trans-Am Speed Fest, Comrade John Narigi, President and General Manager of Weathercheck Raceway in Laguna Seca. After two successful and safe races in October, we were hopeful to be able to continue with Trans-Am for our season finale, but with the continuing outbreak, Resistance coming from out of state and the unknown state restrictions. We understand and sympathize with Trans Am and SVRA's decision. We greatly look forward to welcoming their return to Monterey April 29th from May 2021. The Atlanta Speed Tour event starts on Thursday, November 19th with testing. The official weekend commences on Friday, November 20th with practice in the morning, followed by qualifying in the afternoon, starting with the Trans Am class at 4 p.m. Eastern. Saturday begins with the TA XGT SGT GT race at 1045 a.m. Eastern, followed by the TA2 powered by AEM feature at 355 p.m. Eastern. The combined class finale will take the green on Sunday at noon Eastern. The Atlanta Speed Tour is open to fans. Tickets are available at speedtour.net. All three races will be live streamed starting Saturday on the Trans Am by Pirelli Racing app. Good things come to those who wait. That old chestnut applies to the 2020 WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as a whole, and in particular, the 2020 Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Advanced Auto Parts. A season that once appeared in jeopardy of never happening came through with flying colors to be capped off season finale packed with action and drama from start to finish. Congratulations to the town prototype international champions, actor Team Pensy, Pedro Castroneves, and Ricky Taylor. Bonds prototype two champions, R1 Matthias and Motorsports, and Patrick Kelly. GT Le Mans champion Chevrolet, Corrick Racing, Antonio Garcia, and Jordan Taylor. And GT 
Chrono Champions Acura, Meyer Tank Racing with Herb Agadranian, Mario Fonbarker, and Matt McMurray. Kudos to, to 12 hours of Sebring DPI winners, Mazda Motorsports, Harry Tink, Tinknell and Jonathan Bomarito and Ryan Hunter-Ray. LMP2 winners, PR1, Mathiasen Motorsports, Kelly, Simon Trummer, and Scott Huffaker. GTLM winners, Portia, Nick Tandy, Fred M- McElwicky, and Earl Bamber. And GTD winners, Portia Wright Motorsports, Patrick Long, Ryan Hardwick, and Jan Halen. Permit me a few observations. If you don't, I'm going to make them anyway. For all the controversy about performance regulations may have engendered over the years, this birth of 2020 saw all three manufacturers competing in DBI, Acura, Cadillac, and Mazda, win multiple times, with five eight regular competing teams mounting this top step podium and a number six Acura Penske, leading, yielding a near certain win of its own with championship contending teammates on a penultimate lap at Weatherjack Raceway, Jonasaka. Balanced performance, GTLM not only saw every regularly competing manufacturer, Porsche, BMW, and Corvette win a race, but every team regularly competing in the 2020 season earn at least one victory. That's a tough act to follow, and while every manufacturer and team in GTD did not win a race, the fact that seven different teams steered an Acura, BMW, Ferrari, and Lamborghini. Lexus or Porsche, into victory lane speaks volumes about how well the performance balancers performed their often thankless tasks in 2020. These are difficult times for manufacturers and race team owners. Budgets were tight even before the onset of the pandemic. Now, with limited, if any, public attendance at races, resources are stretched to a breaking point. For those manufacturers and teams ready, willing, and able to go racing next year, there's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to collecting drivers, given the amount of unemployed or unemployed talent on the market. Talked about that a lot the show, there's always more drivers out there than cars. Juan Pablo Montoya, Tristan Nunez, Nick Candy, Fred McAwicki, Lawrence Van Poor, Mario Funbucker, Mac McCurry. Each is apparently on the market, as are others. Add Elu Castaneves to the list. What had, what with his limited 2021 IndyCar program for Meyer Shank Racing, and it keeps going from there. Perhaps nobody better embodies the depth of available sounds out there than Jan Halen, whose electrifying performance during the opening stint of Saturday has put the number 16 right more sports Porsche in other zip codes Arguably the most impressive performance by a driver last weekend was turned in by Bill Auberlin. Yes, I realize that's a bit of a non-sequent tour of a non... Oh, gosh. Sequent tour? Is that a... Is that right? Sequent tour? Sequitur. Oh, gosh. Sequitur. Given the Mr. Auberlin never did a lap, never even turned a wheel at Sebring, owing to the fact that he was not in attendance after notifying the Turner Motorsport team that he had been in contact with someone who may have the COVID-19 virus. Giving his insatiable, insatiable passion for motorsports, missing any race is excruciating. Oh my goodness, why can't I say words today? Excruciatingly painful for Auberlin. Am I saying his name right? Is it Auberlin? Auberlin. Auberlin. Close. But Pretty close. The final race. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't sound right, but I don't know. Um, but to miss the final race of this season, especially the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, must have been almost unbearable. 
Then again, it was the right thing to do, and not surprisingly, Oberlin did the right thing. Bill Oberlin did the right thing. Bill Oberlin has – the reason why he ended up missing the race is because he had some – he hung out with people who he probably shouldn't hang out with that soon to the end of the season. He knew the race was coming up. He should have been – if he was really worried about it, he should have quarantined himself for two weeks. What they say to do. He chose not to, and that's why he missed the race. Um, he is a great racer. He's a great history in, in IMSA, and he'll have a great opportunity next season again to return to the series, especially to Turner Motorsports and to whatever other team he ends up competing with next year. Probably doing some SCCA races and Trans Am races. He's ends up everywhere. But I think that he made some made some mistakes in the run of the race, and he learned his lesson, and hopefully he has a, a great year. The schedule to come on the program tonight, so let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Ron Pisana and the This is Angel in Play.
Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. As most of you are probably aware, recently we partnered with Baldor Roberts Publishing to bring some insight into the authors and some of their books they're working on. With that in mind, we're happy to check out our story time for Grown Ups 5 Questions, currently available on For Warplum's Fantastic Finds, or the ever popular Revved Up with Baldor series in the Racing News section of SpeedwayDigest.com. Continuing that, that series, although from a different publisher tonight, we're going to go ahead and talk to Mark Hill this evening, who just wrote The Legend of the First Super Speedway, the soul, for the soul of American Racing. Mark is a terrific writer who always delivers a great read, and his knowledge of racing history is a huge asset to the SBRA. So he's president of C- he's president and the CEO of the SBRA, Tony, Tony Perella. I have long relied on Mark for insights to racing history, which is relevant to what we do at SBRA. Perella wrote the books Preface. Other prominent racing personalities, Al Unser Jr. and Willie T. Ribbs, contributed as well. The introduction was crafted by Unser and Ribbs penned the foreword. Unser won the Indianapolis 500 twice, and Ribbs is the first black driver to qualify for the iconic race. You're now pleased to welcome Mark Gill to the program this evening. Hi, Adam. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. It's great to talk to you. I hope you're doing well as also. Very good. Thank you for asking. First off, how did you get your start in the literary world? Well, I've, I mean, I've been a writer most of my life uh, of one thing or another, and I uh, uh, went to Indiana University in the 70s and studied journalism, and I got into some creative writing and public relations. So there was a lot of, you know, writing at its core has been uh, – the the central skill that um, I've tapped into to just make a living. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work with the SVRA? Um, yeah, I'm uh, vice president of public relations. I've been working with Tony Perella since he acquired uh, SVRA back in 2012, and we just immediately clicked. And um, I think he'll tell you I helped him a heck of a lot in terms of making some connections, we got the idea of going through the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and and creating a pro-am, a charity pro-am. And, um, and that's actually uh, was the beginning of a um, developing relationship with uh, Al and uh, Willie that you mentioned on the intro. Um, I knew them both before, but since that started, I... Uh, I've gotten to know him pretty well. What's your favorite part about being an author? Well, I mean, I, I guess I like to tell stories. And uh, I wanted to combine what I knew, and I deliberately went in the direction with this book of writing it more as a novel, although I insist it's historically accurate. Uh, but if somebody were to make a comparison to something recent out of pop culture, I would say think about about it more as like Ford versus Ferrari, the movie, than a uh, traditional um, history book with a matter-of-fact delivery and tables and pictures and so forth. This is a, 
this is a story of personalities of that age, and I just really wanted to bring them to life. And uh, frankly, I, I, I find it very gratifying to be able to introduce these people and um, in such a way that the reader can decide, can feel like they met them and then decide for themselves whether or not it's the kind of person they want to make a friend up with. Touch on this a little bit here, but how did you get your inspiration? I'm sorry, Adam. I didn't hear that. How do you get your inspiration for the for the book and for the other stuff you've written? Yeah, I, I, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis, uh, and my earliest memories uh, are about cars and, um, and of course, the Indianapolis 500. And back in those days, we're talking late 50s, early 60s, when I was really little. And, uh, you know, you kids just pick up on things. And in Indianapolis at that time, there really wasn't much going on uh, other than in May. It was like they turned the lights on and, and the Indy 500 and all the famous race drivers um, that didn't already live in Indy would come to town. And back then, of course, they'd start, you know, right at the beginning of the month and there weren't any uh, air tunnels or uh, computer-aided design or anything. So they uh, sorted it out on the track. And uh, so practice uh, attracted large crowds and uh, newspapers, local newspapers there. And it it was just hard to resist for me um, because I just I I just thought it was so spectacular. Um, A lot of people in Indy like it, but there's a minority of us that that develop an absolute passion for it, while other kids were focused on stick and ball sports I just had to be around racetracks. Let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally, who has some for you as well. So my first question, what is the funniest thing to happen to you in your career? The funniest thing? Well, wow. I didn't expect that one. Um, try to I'm a pretty serious guy so I mean there's been things I've really enjoyed and when I was at uh, Nortel um, I uh, got to a point uh, in a position where I could influence big activities and I was in marketing and we ended up um, sponsor uh, sponsoring an IndyCar and in fact we finished uh, first and second at the 1997 500 with Ari Leyendijk and Scott Goodyear. And um, I got to go to Victory Lane, and and uh, I just thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Ari uh, stood up out of the car, and he looked at me, and he said, Nortel, you had a heck of a day. And I uh, I don't know, it just kind of touched me that, uh, that he uh, – recognized me and and uh, felt compelled to say essentially a big thank you. And can you tell us a bit more about your recent book? Absolutely. Uh, the book is a story I wanted to tell. I think it I think it's previously frankly untold. Um, it's 
starts in 1902 with Barney Oldfield's first race driving Henry Ford's first serious race car called the 999. It was named after a high-speed train. And um, Barney had never even driven a car before, but uh, there were not a lot of people with a ton of experience in 1902, and he was a young man, and he he had raced motorcycles, he'd raced bicycles, and he just had a ton of guts and uh, got after it. And he beat uh, Alexander, Alexander Winton, who is widely regarded as the best race driver in the United States. He also owned Winton Motor Carriage Company. And so it was it immediately thrust Barney into the into the limelight. It was like nobody could believe he had just stepped on the scene and beat Alexander Winton. The book progresses and it's from the point of view of two men and the chapters switch back and forth between them. Obviously, I talked about Barney, and the other one is Carl, Carl Fisher, um, who was really the main instigator of the four founders of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I just like telling uh, the story of how uh, not just the Speedway came into uh, you know came into reality, but um, all the things that led up to that. Um, good example in 1905, uh, one of the other founders who was big buddies with uh, uh, Art Newby, he was president of the National Motor Vehicle Company, Indianapolis based manufacturer, and they got the idea that they could sell a lot of cars if they set the world record for 24 hours. So they go out to the Indiana State Fairgrounds dirt oval and they run around for 24 hours, and sure enough, they set the world record. And during that night, uh, the other founders were there, uh, Frank Wheeler and um, James Allison. Now, keep in mind, this is, a, in fact, the, the, the anniversary of the 115th anniversary of that was just this week. And um, they sat around a, a bonfire, it, it basically stayed up all night and... Carl had been thinking about a big speedway and how it was necessary for automobile development and started getting them excited about it. But it was going to be another three years before they found the property and started to develop it in, in 1909. And I, I take everybody through 1909. It was really a rough deal at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, five people were killed in their first auto race meet. And uh, the lieutenant governor there was uh, reaching out to the state legislature to um, outlaw racing. And uh, Fisher had a lot of contacts, and so did the other founders and other people. And and they knew that it meant business for the city. So it was a big economic boost. So um, they um, won people over to get them a second chance, and that's when they – uh, paved the track with bricks. And so the culmination of the book is the first auto race meet uh, sanctioned by the uh, American Automobile Association, the first auto race meet after the track had been paved with brick. And a lot of interesting things happened at that race. And 
and I'm probably going on and on too much, but that, that that's a that's kind of a sketchy summary of what the book's about. Okay. And of all the characters in your book, which one would you like to see come alive on the silver screen? Well, I think Barney's the most colorful. Carl's very interesting, too. And those are the two that really effectively tell the story. But um, some other characters are in there that um, I think are pretty compelling. Some that you've heard of, like the other founders of the Speedway and others, like Ernie Morose, who was really the track's general manager, the first general manager for the track, very creative guy. And he'd been Barney's manager for, for several years. And, uh, he was always up to something or another, uh, in 1910, for example, he came up with the idea to put wooden, uh, ramps up and they worked with the Overland, uh, car car manufacturing company who had a big factory in Indianapolis. And, they had what they called motor cowboys, and this was at the 1910 event. And they um, they had an obstacle course that included these wooden ramps. Another guy that's that's great that hardly anybody's heard of is Tom Cooper, and he was a big name in the day, and he'd been formerly in the 1890s the national uh, bicycle champion. Uh, they raced on the wooden velodromes, and um, there's, uh, so I've got Louis Chevrolet has a, has a role. Um, I make Thomas Marshall, who was the governor of Indiana and then later the vice president under Woodrow Wilson. He has a great scene when they lay the golden brick. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of really interesting carriers, but if you want me to pick one, I, I would say Barney cause he's just, he's just a big personality. Okay, and my final question for you tonight, what next, what next big project are you going to be working on? Well, you know, um, there's like two parts of writing a book. One is uh, writing the darn thing, and it took me quite a bit of time to do that. And then now it's uh, marketing it. And uh, so I've done that. I've, got, I've, I've turned to more experienced authors and found that whether you traditionally publish or you, uh, you know, self-publish or independent publish, you, the marketing is pretty much all on you until you become a bestseller. And uh, so very busy with everything around that. I want to put a plug in for my author site, markgdill.com, markgdill.com. And there you can buy books and they'd be shipped to you within a week. Um, and uh, it's going to be on Amazon. I just found out the other day it's going to be on, uh, available through Target and uh, another retailer I hadn't heard of before, but they're in England and apparently pretty strong in England, Blackwell's. So uh, it's gratifying to see people picking it up. And um, as far as, other books i've got some ideas i i I would i would like to write sort of a trilogy with some of the you know follow up with some of the uh characters and their various adventures um so um i want to write about the uh cactus derby 
and Barney Oldfield won that in 1914. And there was also an interesting event that went on. And I don't think I want to talk too much about that because it's, uh, I don't want to give, I don't want to have somebody use my idea. (laughs) I want to use it, but I think it could be very relevant to today's challenges. And, um, and I think it would be compelling for, you know, for people to read and and make the connections between uh, what was happening then and what's going on now. I'd like to thank you very much for your time this evening and wish you lots of luck with your, with your book and as well as with your, your work with the SVRA, another kind of an awesome season of events set up for next season. It'll be a good year. Yeah, we've got 18 events. So, uh, you know, we'll see what this pandemic continues to do, but hopefully with the news of vaccines and, and maybe some better leadership, we'll be able to, as a society, get a handle on it. And I'm hopeful, and I think it's reasonable to think certainly by a year from now, we we can be doing living much like we used to, and that would be something I think everybody would celebrate. So I want to say thank you, Adam. You're you're great about following SVRA, and. Uh, uh, so I'm, you know, grateful to you for that, and I appreciate you uh, both of you having me on the show tonight. Thank you very much. Whatever your project you might have. You kind of breaking up, Adam. Are you still talking to me? Oh, I'm all set now. Have a great evening. Thanks again. Okay, you too. Take care. As we're having a couple technical issues, let's take another brief break here and listen to another selection from Ron and Son Fit Crew. This is Short Track Racing.
Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. As we're having a few technical difficulties this evening, I'm going to go ahead and end the program a little bit early. We did have a great show tonight, and I'd like to thank our guest this evening. It was a great time to, great to talk to him and to learn a little bit more about the SVRA, as well as the other projects he's working on himself. So if you want more information on Mark Dill, he did give his information during the interview. Be sure to check that out. Interesting character. He's been around the sport for a long time. Check that out. Again, be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Speedway Digest Radio. Not entirely sure how long you'll be able to, how much longer you'll be able to check that out there. Not sure how they work that out for archived episodes, but it should be at least until the end of the year where you're able to access that information. It might be into next year. I'm not sure. As I stated last week, we do have some new plans for next season. We're going to be on a different platform, more than likely. Uh, so a different website. Time will probably be the same. Definitely be a different website, so we'll check that out. Uh, more information on Facebook as soon as I have that information. You can also check out the show on, on Facebook. By searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar or simply by going to facebook.com slash SD Thursday Night Thunder, all one word. I also invite you to read here all aspects of motorsports, speedwaydigest.com. We'll put out some more stuff tomorrow. I have been trying to get that get that up to date uh, in the race, racing news section as well as the Speedway news section. And even a few stories for the NASCAR Cup Series. But be sure to check that out. We do have the author interviews. They're going rather rather well. We do have more of those coming out in the next few days. Here to look at those. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my new site, Four Plums Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter. You can go to at Four Plums, that's A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S, or at E-B Happening. Easiest way to find it. And by going to Four Plums Fantastic Finds, one word, dot wordpress.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you in two weeks.